Hello and welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. Today we're thinking about a really important story from the Gospel of John, from chapter 2, verses 13 to 22, the story of Jesus cleansing the temple. And it's a really important story for us as Christians. How do we know that? Well, because other than the crucifixion story, there's only two other stories that appear in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000 and the cleansing of the temple. So if these stories are recorded in all four Gospels, they must be really important. Now, even though the story of Jesus cleansing the temple does appear in all four Gospels, there is an important difference that we need to note. In Matthew, Mark and Luke, the story comes during Holy Week at the end of Jesus' ministry. But in John's Gospel, the story comes at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now, we know that each gospel writer had a different reason for putting their story together. And we know that Matthew, Mark and Luke were more historically accurate. And that John tends to use stories about Jesus as metaphors and symbols. And so it's not a historical error for the story to be in two different places in the life of Jesus. In reality, the event probably happened during Holy Week. It's likely that this event was the last straw for the religious authorities and it was for this reason that they decided Jesus had to be killed because he was now threatening the heart of the religious institution. But John puts it at the beginning of his gospel because the cleansing of the temple for John is a metaphor for the entire ministry of Jesus. John understands that Jesus came to renew the Jewish faith and to bring both passion and purity back into the worship of God. And that passion and that purity had been lost for a long time. And as we see from our gospel reading, Jesus was in the line of Zephaniah and all the Old Testament prophets in condemning the people of Israel for their lack of passion towards God. So let's think about this story in a bit more detail. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the Passover and when he arrived in the city there were thousands of people there, huge crowds in the narrow city streets and lots of noise and activity in the temple. And of course it was a busy time for those selling religious objects, lambs and pigeons for sacrifices, food to eat for Passover. And Jesus walked into the temple and he looked around him at everyone there and his emotions rose. Now, it would be wrong to say that Jesus got caught up in the heat of the moment. We read in verse 15 that Jesus made a whip of cords. So he took time to reflect. He took time to make the whip. Cleansing the temple was not done in the heat of the moment. And then the anger of Jesus becomes clear. He drove out the sheep. He drove out the cattle. He threw all the money all over the floor. He overturned the tables. He threw out the dove sellers. No one was spared the anger of Jesus in that moment. And then he shouts, How dare you turn my father's house into a market? This act of Jesus is an act of disruption. Not disrupting the events of that day in the temple, but an act of disruption that cuts to the heart of the historic Jewish faith. This is a moment of crisis. Not for the dove sellers and the money changers. There'd always be more doves to sell, more money to sell. This was a moment of crisis for the people of God. Jesus was saying that the old way of doing faith was no longer appropriate. That the heart of faith had become lost in the rituals. Jesus is confronting the people of God with an uncomfortable truth. Was it enough for them to keep doing their rituals or did they need to find the heart of their faith again? 
Now, it's important to say, though, that Jesus was not opposed to Jewish tradition and not opposed to the rituals of Judaism. Jesus was a Jew, born and brought up to keep the law and the ways of the synagogue. And it was because he was a committed Jew that Jesus overturned the tables in the temple. He was a prophet, like Micah, who hundreds of years previously said, Will God be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil? God has told you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? He was a prophet like Amos, who said, Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, says God, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. He was a prophet like Jeremiah, who said, Do not trust in the deceptive words, this is the temple of the Lord, but act justly. Do not oppress the alien, the orphan and the widow. Do not go after other gods. Then I will be with you in this place. Micah knew, Amos knew, Jeremiah knew and Jesus knew that true faith cannot be expressed through empty rituals, but that the rituals we undertake must be an expression of the real worship of our lives. The pursuit of justice, kindness, humility, non-oppression, care for the marginalised, faithfulness and righteousness. If our worship doesn't engage with these attitudes and actions, then it's not true worship. God is not interested in beautiful worship. He's interested in pure worship, and the two are very different. But by the time Jesus visited the temple on that day, the Jewish nation had lost sight of the difference. The purity rituals had become rituals of discrimination. Jews in the inner court, Gentiles in the outer court, men in this section, women in that section. Sacrifices the poor could afford, sacrifices the rich could afford. In the beauty of the ritual, the heart of purity had been lost, and that had made Jesus angry. And as a prophet, he had to make a stand. So Jesus stood in the line of the prophets, calling for the religious institutions to leave behind exclusive purity and leave behind a desire for beauty and embrace compassion and love for the marginalised. And if we are to take worship seriously as a church, we must be sure that what we do on a Sunday reflects the values we hold the rest of the week. Our true worship is worked out Monday to Saturday as we care for the weak and those who hurt, as we share the good news of God's love with our neighbours. That is our worship. That is the worship God requires of us. And what we then do on a Sunday brings all of that together. Show compassion. Forgive others. Tell our friends and neighbours the good news of salvation. Seek justice and mercy. As Micah reminds us, what the Lord requires of you is to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That is the mission of the church. So thank you for being with me for this podcast. I hope you found it helpful. Uh, If you want to continue the conversation, then please email me steve.griffiths at london.anglican.org. It's always really lovely to hear from you. So wherever you are today, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a really wonderful day. And until we are together again next time, bye-bye.